it's Monday the 19th of June and I'm here with Derek Munn, RCSLT's Director of Policy and Public Affairs for our regular monthly cap shop. We're thrilled to be joined by Judith Broll, who is the Director of Professional Development at the RCSLT. She's going to help us to walk through the many issues relating to professional development in speech and language therapy. Good morning, both of you. Hello. Good morning. Thank you for joining today. I wonder if I could start with you, Judith. What are some of the key themes coming through your work at the moment, please? Uh, thank you, Vicky. Hello, everybody. I, I think one of the main issues that we've been working on in RCSLT is around um, an ageing society. Uh, so we're working at both ends of the lifespan. And I recently went to a meeting with Chris Whitty, who is the Chief Medical Officer, and Suzanne Rastrick, who is the Chief Allied Health Professions Officer for England. Uh, and they're writing a big report around an ageing society to really understand how it can be supported and also to hear about how the roles of AHPs can really support this, the ageing society. It was a really interesting meeting. I think there was a lot of um, engagement and support for the work that we do. And I think things that I got out of it is that actually how profoundly important communication is, how to advocate for and with an elderly population. We also touched on end of life care and the big one, which is health inequalities, which I think runs through everything. This touched on on the EDI agenda as well. And if you can't understand the language, how are you going to access um, any of the, the health or social care issues around that as well? What they are offering as well is this report has to be submitted fairly soon, but there is still an opportunity to submit some more research and evidence and best practice examples. So if anybody has any, especially working with an elderly population, whether that's at home, whether it's supporting um, hospital avoidance, whether it's coming out of hospital, care homes, end of life care, whatever you, you'd like to offer us, please do get in touch with me. I'd love to hear of how you're doing in that space. Thank you, Judith. And I'll put um, a link to how to contact you in the show notes. Great, thanks. And Derek, how about you? What are the key themes coming through your work at the moment? I have to say, Vicky, that for people who listen to the podcast regularly, this will sound like Groundhog Day, but it needs to keep being said. The issues around workforce morale, motivation and vacancies across the UK remain the top priority. We will shortly be going out with our second round of the vacancies survey. And it is important that people fill it in again because that trend data is key to the influencing that we need to do. The workforce planning is at different phases across the four nations. In the context of England, the NHS England plan is still awaited as we record. Um, the Health Secretary last week said he would give an eight or nine out of ten to it being launched before the NHS 75th birthday in July. It remains to be seen. Better news, we are engaged heavily with Department for Education and NHS England around the matters arising from the SEND review. We are closely engaged in the development of the new Children's Language Regional Pathfinders, what's called LSAC, and also on the development of classroom resources and the, the pledge on joint workforce planning between education and health. And we're in at the, the initial meetings on all of those things. On the adult side, the alliance we are part of on community rehabilitation has a ministerial meeting coming up. And we also have ministerial meetings coming up around specialist workforce 
uh, and hopefully shortly to the major conditions strategy. Thank you. Um, going back to you, Judith, there does seem to be a lot going on around professional development in the world of speech and language therapy at the moment, which is why you're here today. I wonder if you can talk listeners through some of the highlights, please. I will. Uh, well, I will think of highlights. There are many exciting initiatives. I think what we're trying to do at RCSLT is to balance what we need as a profession against the huge amount of requests coming from NHS England and right across all four nations around enhancing workforce and thinking differently about workforce. I think this is an opportunity and a challenge for all professions and especially ours, especially in light of what Derek said just now, because I think it is a a tricky time to be a clinician on the ground. I'm, I'm really mindful of that. As you may well be aware, we have had some funding from Health Education England, which is now part of NHS England, which was for all four nations, which came to an end. The funding came to an end in March, and we had a lot of outputs around that. For example, supporting um, international recruitment, preceptorships, return to practice. One piece of work which we are considering how we move forward is to think about paediatric community dysphagia. And what happens once babies and their families leave neonatal care? Because at the moment, children and young people and babies who still need support have a very patchy uh, speech language therapy engagement, not because the skill isn't there and the, and the, the want, but actually the posts. So we're doing a piece of work which we're hoping to, to recommend into, into the next year's funding around that. But also a lot of work that has been going on, especially around, say, the support worker hub and framework, which has finally been being launched. This will link to the Allied Health Professional Support Worker Framework. And this is a specific one for speech and language therapy um, support workers. High time with this amazing workforce, which really supports right across cradle to grave into, into schools, as it does into rehab as well. So, again, that's something we're looking forward to, to really launching and embedding and evaluating. I don't think we can not talk about what we've been doing without mentioning the professional development framework, which is an enormous triumph of co-produced work for the profession and about the profession. I think it's had a lot of interest, both from speech and language therapists, but also with other AHP bodies and Health Education England. So I would actively encourage you to, to look at it and see how you can embed it. It is a very flexible framework and can be used right from the start of a career all the way through to how to plan exit from the career if you ever wanted to do that. But also really thinking clearly or really helping to understand where you could take your your profession and where you would like to go as an individual. Well-being is at the heart of what we do. And I think especially around the, the, the challenge of being a clinician, I think that is really important. Um, and it's a, we, we can map careers across that. And we're also then going to map a lot of the um, competency frameworks and, and capability frameworks. So there should be a very clear milestone for everybody to understand exactly where they are in their, their professional development. Part of that, but not wholly, we are doing a, a bespoke piece of work around advanced clinical practice. It is an area that I think speech and language therapists, I'm biased, but I don't care, can add huge value. And I think having a more formalised structure about how to support the profession to be recognised as advanced clinical practitioners is is very timely, especially as we're looking at different ways of, of working with the workforce. Uh, and we're working with NHS England 
um, to, to really think about how we can craft the needs for the profession to deliver the best work. Dare I go any further without mentioning the upcoming HCPC audit for the registered speech and language therapy workforce? If you have any questions, please do call the professional inquiries team and uh, members can really boost their CPD um, with the, the diary that they can have there. Thank you. Thank you, Judith. That's a very comprehensive run through of the many, many projects that we've been working on. And again, links to all of those things that you mentioned I'll put in the show notes. Moving on now, I wonder if we can look at how we've been engaging with speech therapy issues around the UK and indeed around the world. And maybe I'll start with Derek, please. Thank you. Uh, listeners will be aware that the Royal College has had a new chief executive this year, Steve Jameson, and I've had the pleasure of accompanying him uh, around the UK as he gets to know the profession. And it's a really helpful reminder just of the sheer width of what the speech and language therapy profession does. So we've been in Northern Ireland, we've been in Scotland, I'll shortly be in North Wales. And you know, in Belfast, we visited the Specialist Children's Hospital and saw the work in ICU and oncology. And in Glasgow, we visited the community paediatric team and the work they do with families with incredible challenges relating to, to poverty and disadvantage. Um, and then the same day went straight on to meet the Glasgow Adult Acute Team you know, working in the same city in a wholly different area with different challenges. I would mention in the context of the devolved nations that we had a disappointing response from the Welsh Government to the report that the Welsh Senate put out about the value of speech and language therapy in youth justice. So there's a debate coming up in the Senate on that and we'll be making the point that the Welsh Government's position seems to be because there aren't enough speech and language therapists, you can't extend into youth justice, to which we would say, well, the solution to that is more speech and language therapists. Better news in Northern Ireland, although the cuts there continue, the purported cut to Shore Start in Northern Ireland has been overturned. Um, you mentioned international, Vicky. There is work going on and events coming up internationally, and I'll return to those in a future podcast. But I believe that, uh, Judith, you've been doing international stuff just recently. What a lovely segue. Thank you, Derek. Yes, we, um, as, as listeners may well know, RCSLT is part of a an international group called the Mutual Recognition Agreement, which is for all English-speaking professional body for speech and language therapists international who meet regularly. And we had the pleasure of welcoming Nicola Harris, who is the Manager of Professional Practice in Speech Pathology Australia, who visited our offices last week. And we had a really fascinating half day comparing notes, learning from each other, linking with each other. And I think it's what I thought was really valuable is in some ways LCSLT is way ahead of um, what they're doing in Australia and vice versa. And I think it's because of the nature of how they delivered their therapy when they are really in the outback, which is hundreds and thousands of miles away from, from the, late, the nearest city, whereas we are on a very small island and we have very different um, challenges. But the, the real challenges are, are very much the same, challenges with placements, challenges with recruitment and retention, and challenges to support delivery in, in a very challenging environment, especially post-pandemic. So it was the good, the bad and the ugly, but actually hearing what is going on across international borders was extremely valuable and we're going to continue to talk. So it was a really fabulous way of, of spending the day. Thank you, Judith and Derek. Well, that was a really um, 
interesting run through and so much work going on. You mentioned lots of things there, so I'll put links to those in the show notes. To let people know as well that our RCSLT conference bookings are now open. So that will be taking place for the 1st and 2nd of November online. And the theme is Embracing the Future. So please get booking and get some really good professional development and networking. Also, we are doing a survey on our podcast to check that we're meeting what you like from the podcast in terms of length and theme and so on. So please do take a few moments to fill that in. And our next catch up is the middle of July. So look forward to seeing you then. 